Welcome to the Hope New Podcast, a podcast for parents of children impacted by disabilities, where we believe there's beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. Your hosts are Jonathan and Sarah McGuire. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Jonathan. In this episode, we continue the conversation with Lisa Sexton, mom of Dr. Tyler Sexton, who was born prematurely, has cerebral palsy, and is now the head pediatrician of three hospitals in Mississippi. If you didn't catch part one, you'll want to go back and listen to that episode. In part two today, Lisa shares the real challenges of a mom's mental and emotional journey. If you have young or special ears nearby, you may want to listen with headphones or get them settled in another room or listen at a different time or place. And now back to our conversation with Lisa. Now, it's not uncommon for parents to experience a breaking point in this journey, and yet it's often not something that is openly talked about. I know uh, Sarah had a significant breaking point where she had a physical and emotional breakdown, and that's part of our story. And I know that you shared about this as being part of your story as well. You share about it in the book, and I believe even towards the end of the book, you start to um, refer to it as being beautifully broken. Or sweetly broken. Or sweetly broken. Sweetly broken. Sweetly yes. broken. Can you share about when you reached your breaking point? Tyler was in middle school, um, going into high school. And middle school is a tough time for kids. I mean, whether you have physically that you're okay or not, it's it's a tough time. And um, he went through some really hard times. And uh, I remember one where he went out after lunch and it was just a kind of a recess time and he was in seventh grade and he was just shooting baskets and he was just trying to, you know, hang out and uh, a few boys came up and pushed him over and said, look, he's fallen and he can't get up back during that saying and threw the ball at him and different things. And it was really hard. And, and Tyler was is a child that he, he didn't have balance, so he would have to crawl over to something and pull himself up. And so he would crawl over to a tree and hold on to the tree and get up. And um, those days became really hard for me during that middle school years. And I began to be depressed. And I didn't recognize the signs because I had never dealt with depression before. And I really struggled with fear and I struggled with heartache and I struggled with where are you Lord because I'm trying to do what I'm supposed to do so could you show up and maybe zap those kids (laughs) you can leave that part out (laughs) (laughs) I really struggled with understanding why this little boy he has enough problems could we not have those two And so my depression became, they call it situational depression, where I couldn't fix everything. And I'm a fixer. I like to have things organized, everything done. I like to have a plan of action, all of those things. And my life was falling apart because I could not make things the way that I wanted them. And I thought I was losing my mind. And I did the wrong thing. I just got in the yellow pages, went down, picked a psychiatrist, and went to him. I spent a whole 10 minutes with him. And he said, here, all you need is drugs. Take these, and you'll be better. He gave me 90 tablets. 
that three-month supply. I was hurting so bad that I remember pulling out of his parking lot. I remember going right to the pharmacy, and I got that filled. And I went to a park out by the ocean. I never wrote a letter. I never made a call. And the doctor later on told me, he said, you're the scary ones because you don't call out for help. And he said, you're blessed that you're alive. I'm thinking, yeah, that's not so much of a blessing right now. But God spared my life for a reason. He spared my life for many reasons, but one of them was to be around to raise my children. And the other one was to be around so I can get the blessings of teaching my grandchildren things that only I can teach them. And many times in our lives, we think we have nothing more to give, and that's where I was. And I've learned that a real true hero isn't somebody that can make a touchdown or soccer goal or a home run, but really it's hanging on for one more day and to hold on to Jesus. And that's what a true champion does. And I, when I was asked to write this book, the second one, I kind of like to keep my dirty laundry in the backyard where people <laughs> can't see it. <laughs> But I didn't think that anybody really needed to read a story about being a great mom. Mm. I really thought people needed to read a story about how we can all fail and Satan can get the best of us in our minds and it can wreak havoc on our lives and how we're just vulnerable sometimes and things can happen, but how he has our future in his hands. And he gave me a second chance. The Lord saved my life. I was asleep for days. I went through struggles. But God brought me out of that. And I look at things differently now. I go through a store, and there's never once that I will pass by a child in a wheelchair and not tell their mother how beautiful they are. There's never once that I walk by a child that walks funny or looks different and not take the time to say they're gorgeous. And I remember the day that I knew that Tyler was made and I was able to see this because the Lord saved my life. And Tyler was at Shriners Hospital one day and he volunteered there when he was in college, pre-med. And I was at, in the hallway because I had met him there to go to dinner. And there was a little girl there that was burned. And by the world standard, it was not pretty. Her ears were gone. She was burned all over her face, her chest, her neck, everywhere. And Tyler sat down on her bed and began to talk to her. And she was hurting. And she was down. And she was 13. And he was 18. And he was saying how he volunteers there because he is in the pre-med, and how beautiful she was and how God had something really special in store for her and to hold on. And I remember being out in that hallway thinking, Lord, thank you for helping, saving me so that I can get this blessing. That little girl's an architect today. She works in New York City. And it's amazing how I thought tomorrow was the hardest day ever. But I learned that when you hold on, when the tomorrows come, 
they can be beautiful and sometimes they can be hard. But what's important is what we can learn through them and the blessings that we see and the miracles that can happen and the thankfulness that, you know, you have that grateful heart that you're so thankful to be able to see it and to live it. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to go through hard times. It just means we have to choose. Are we going to learn from them? Are we going to be better? Are we going to trust more? Are we going to walk by faith a lot more than we ever have? And that's what I learned through it. It doesn't mean that I didn't go through the hard times. It just means I chose to look at it from a different angle. Yeah, I love that story. And there's so much beauty in that. And I think there's just so much truth when we are broken, when we personally get broken, how much our perspectives then change about so much in life. And while the breaking is incredibly painful, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I would never want to go back to the person I was before. Me either. And that's why I call it sweetly broken, because I wrote a, a Bible study and it's just brokenness. But when you look back, you're really sweetly broken. How what Christ does in our lives and how gentle and what a father really is. It, it's it's sweet. It's sweetly broken. But yet when you heal, what an incredible gift that is. And you begin to learn but he sweetly breaks us and I needed to be broken. I wanted everything my way. And uh, now I fly by the seat of my pants. (laughs) (laughs) I think my children worry about me sometimes when I travel by myself without their dad. They're like, oh dear, will mom really get here? (laughs) There goes mom again. (laughs) There she goes. (laughs) Now uh, I just kind of do it, but I didn't do it back then. I wish I would have learned that earlier. But then at the same time, I'm glad I didn't. It makes me better at what I did today. Now, I have to ask, as you look back, is there anything you could have done to help keep from getting to that point where you're taking that, that bottle of pills? or uh... Words of advice would you well, give to a mom of, who's at um, that spot? And this is really being honest. You know, I would go to church and I dressed up my kids and Back then, like my granddaughter, she puts on rubber boots with a tutu and <laughs> and her hair's wild and she doesn't brush. And parents just go, that's the cutest thing ever. And they take them out. I was so worried about what people would think. So I made sure everything was perfect. And so I'd show up at church and make sure I looked a certain way. My weight was a certain time. My clothes were a certain way. My husband, I'd lay out his clothes. I faith. I went to church and I wasn't real and I never told anybody that I hurt and that I was sad and I was broken and that I was struggling because I cared so much about what they thought of me that I didn't care about what was happening to me because I'd rather put on the facade to show up, dress up and shut up than I would admitting that I didn't have it all together as a godly woman. And so the biggest mistake I think I made was being fake and being the quote-unquote good Christian. I needed to make sure that I was, you know, in that third row and to make sure that, you know, I did all that right and all those things. And that was so wrong. And I think 
we're much better at that today in our churches, with people, with the things that, you know, we, I think back then it was a lot more. I mean, remember, I was wearing pantyhose to church back then. (laughs) We don't have to do that anymore. (laughs) So I think that's where I began to veer, where I wanted everybody to think like, wow, she's got it all together and she's going to have a handicapped boy and I need to make sure he was the cutest handicapped boy ever and I need to make sure that I made it all look easy and that our marriage was perfect and we're just getting along just fine because I don't want to be a burden to anybody and I didn't want anybody to think that I was failing at anything and that's where I failed because really and truly, if we can't call up our brothers and sisters in Christ and say, hey, I'm struggling and I'm really having a hard time or I'm scared or my marriage or my child or myself. I'm feeling way distance or I'm going through this depression. We're failing ourselves because we really, not only should we be able to call those people up, our brothers and sisters, but we need to be one of those brothers and sisters. When somebody calls us, we don't need to talk about them. We need to pray for we need to pray with them. We need to get down in that gutter with them and say, I'm with you, and I'm going to pray you out of this, and I'm going to help you. And that's why I think I failed, was to pretend, to try to pretend that I had it all together and that I was doing better at that than I really was. Because let's face it, if we're all really honest with each other, we all need brothers and sisters in Christ at some time or another in our lives. And we all need to be that in our lives. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. That makes perfect sense. Listening to what you have to say, if I was to uh, give advice to a a parent who who might recognize some of these signs in their life, sounds like one of the first things that you'd recommend would be to find that person or that group that they can be real with, take the mask off with, and just just be open. Yeah, you find it. Yeah. yeah. You find your warriors. You find your prayer warriors. And those are your friends. Those are the people that are going to really pray for you. And those are the people that you can really talk to and that are going to be there for you. And we don't need 20. We don't need 100. We don't need 1,000. But we're two or more gathered. We just need to have people that care and that pray for us. And we need to be now, you know, when I'm called into the hospital because somebody, you know, I'm on a call sheet where you know they can call me when they have a child it doesn't need to be cp it can be ms it can be cancer it can be whatever i don't say a lot but i pray a lot and that's what i think we need in our lives are the people that show up that just are prayer warriors and we need those people and sometimes i think well we don't need to go to church or we don't need a bunch of christians around or we don't need we do. We need each other. God made us that way. And um, beyond our spouses, beyond certain things, but we need to be there for one another. And we need to be prayer warriors for one another. And we need to be accountable to one another. And so if I would change one thing, I would have been honest with a very few, because you don't have to tell the world how you feel. That doesn't You don't have to tell everybody, but you need those few that you trust. And I should have been honest and said, I'm struggling and I don't know if I can make it till tomorrow. 
And that's the one thing that I would have changed is I would have told somebody how I feel and asked for their help and asked for their prayer. And I did not do that. I tried to make it all look perfect. Yeah, that can be one of the hardest things to do, but it's so critical. It's so critical because you can't do it alone sometimes. I wanted everybody to think that I was kind of like a super mom. The real truth was I was a super messed up mom (laughs) and I needed help. And you know what? The thing I've learned is the one thing I will say to moms is it's okay. You can be messed up today. You can be messed up tomorrow. You just got to hold on. And you got to know Satan is working and we need to pray through this. And we need to be there for one another. And we need to pat each other on the back. And we need to say, you're going to make it. And we need to encourage one another. And so I did not allow that to my fault. That wasn't my friend's fault. That wasn't people in my life's fault. It was my fault. I didn't reach out, and I should have reached out. Now, as a spouse, it can be scary to to see your loved one struggling in this way. Uh, What would you say to the spouse during this time? I'm not sure that there's always one standard answer. I think sometimes when you, it depends on the struggle. I think it depends on the times where they struggle. Kevin and I would struggle at different times, and we would struggle with different things. And sometimes I just think, just saying, I'm here, and if you want to talk and pray together, I think that's really important to have that prayer time together. But sometimes we don't always need to give advice. I think sometimes it's just being there and loving them and saying, I get what you're saying. And I may not feel that way, but to validate that it's okay that you feel that way and that Sometimes there's not any answers, and sometimes they have to pray through that, and they have to find out on their own. Kevin and I were very different of the things that we mourned about or the things that affected us at certain times. It didn't mean either one of us had all the answers. It just meant, I'm not going to leave you during that time, and I want you to talk to me about it. And most of the time... As I said before, we were young and dumb, and so we didn't have all the answers. But one thing we did do together was pray together and to listen to one another. And sometimes don't you ever feel like some people, when you sit down with them, they have all the answers and you leave there and go, well, that certainly did not help me. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You're way smarter than me. Yeah. It reminds me of one of my actually favorite books on coming alongside people who are who are hurting it echoes exactly what you're saying it's uh, don't sing songs to a heavy heart and it's written by uh dr kenneth Ho- uh, haug and uh it's uh yeah it's just going through exactly what you're what you're saying there you know don't don't sit down and try to you know point to some <laughs> hopeful promise that uh, you know everything's going to be okay or just don't throw platitudes yeah. out there but be there with them listen to them. And that's, that's the biggest thing that you can do is just to, just to listen to where they're at and join them. Where and they're, I, I don't yeah. think you need to join them. That's what it is. It's not having, you know, what your spouse is going through. You don't, you, we should not know the answers. I mean, if I knew the answers to everything, boy, would I, you know, I would think I was all that. <laughs> the greatest part is I don't. And so I think sometimes, there's nothing worse than somebody 
knowing all the answers, but there's nothing greater than somebody listening and saying, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to hold your hand until you get through this and I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to be that person that I vowed to be when I got married. And so, and none of that said, I'll answer every question that you doubt or every fear that you have. It said, I'm going to and love you through all of the things that we're going to go through. And so I think that I didn't tell my spouse anything and tell me anything except for just let me know how you feel. And if you're sad, we'll get through it together. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's yeah. the perfect thing that you, that you can't. Yeah. Probably didn't answer that right for you. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Answer. That's no, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'll say that's what Jonathan did for me too. Yeah. He didn't really understand the questions I was having and, you know, he didn't, he wasn't having the same struggles I was having. He was having his own in a different way, mm-hmm. but, but he was just there for me. Yeah. You know, he didn't try to give me answers. He didn't try to talk me through it and it wouldn't have worked anyway. No. He was just there. Yeah. If I had tried to talk her through it, what right. would have happened is that she would have probably just came away feeling judged and misunderstood, you know, yeah. and it just went off. Yeah. Well, it makes you darn mad, too. (laughs) Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Because I'm feeling what I'm feeling. And, you know, when somebody has all the answers, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just don't. And when you when you really think about it, when you're talking about your child or something that really pains you, you really don't want somebody with all the answers. What you really want is somebody just to listen to you and care. And so that. And I know that probably, I don't know if it helps for the perfect answer, but it's the truth where we can all pretend when somebody sits down and gives us all the answers and we go, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you link there and think, well, that did me no good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think that's, I hope I answered your question. You yes, did. you did. Now we open each podcast by saying that there is beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. How have you seen this to be true in your journey? The thing that I love is when I watch my son, I, as we talked about, he's a chief of peds for three hospitals. I honestly thought, I, I tell the story, and he and I talk about it often, but when I went to his hospital, I thought I would stretch down the hallways. <laughs> and he had an office with his Dr. Tyler Sexton on it. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to be like, oh, I mean, this is so cool. And I was so proud. And as I was walking through the hospital, the nurses would come up and, and with HIPAA laws, you know, he would kind of walk away and we would stay back. And but I could hear her them saying Dr. Sexton, and I didn't know the patient's name or diagnosis or anything, but he would give orders and meaning not orders to the nurse, but the orders written, you know, what, what the child needed. And then they would come up and the doctor steps in and, and keep on going. And I went to the, I said, I, I need to go to the restroom. And I went to his office and he had a rest, he has a restroom in his office. And I sat down fully closed and I sobbed. And the Lord just said to me for such a time as this, he's serving, he's loving kids, witnessing the parents. He is doing all the things that I have commanded him to do. 
and he takes it so seriously and loves them so deeply. And my pride went away in the beauty and the journey where I get to see this broken body, this man that was my little boy, be a husband, a father, and a physician. And he serves the least of these many, many times, and he doesn't turn anyone down. And I thought, how could I even have pride of him being an MD? Because really and truly, he has all these letters after his name. I don't even have to really understand them all. But the thing that really, truly he has is that Tyler Sexton being a servant and loving Jesus and being the hands and feet of Jesus every day. And there's beauty in that. To me, the brokenness is where I'm able to be humbled. I'm able to understand that God had something very special in store for all of those times that I failed, where he said, and this is really how I feel. We all love our children and we all try to be the best moms and dads. And sometimes I go to bed at night when my children were little and I thought, wow, I knocked it out of the park today. I was mom of the year. All my laundry's done. I got a great dinner. I did all their, you know, helped them with their homework, did everything right. And then the next night I go, wow, I really messed this up. So the thing that I learned through all of that is there's not a good enough mom and dad to do what God's done in Tyler's life and how he has chosen to serve the Lord and to love him with all of his heart and teach his children to do that as well. And so I don't know if that answers your question, but the brokenness has been the best thing for me because I don't want to lose my scars. I'm okay with the scars. I'm good with the cuts and the bruises and all those things because I don't want to ever be proud or ever forget what it was like to push that wheelchair when I see a mom pushing that wheelchair. And I don't want to forget what it's like to to need someone and I didn't reach out. I want to be that person that says, I don't have a lot of wisdom. I don't have a lot of answers, but I'm sure going to be on my knees for you and to help you. And I've had parents Oh my goodness, so many moms that call many of Tyler's patients that just say, can I talk to your mom? And it's been one of my greatest joys of learning from other moms and to encourage them. I don't have answers for them, but I certainly can encourage them and get them in God's word and to show them that that's the way that we, only way we're going to make it. As moms, it's the only way we can do it. It's the only way we can find wisdom. It's the only way we can get through our journey. And it's certainly the only way that we can stay healthy mentally, physically, and to have our hearts full. I just, I believe that with all my heart. Yeah. And yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. Something that has struck me about both you and Tyler is your humility for both of you. And um, it's a beautiful thing. And But yet that comes through challenge and difficulty and brokenness and pain. And yet we are getting to see the beauty of that Hmm. on the other side of it and what you guys have both developed into and how many people and lives you're touching and ministering to because of that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I don't believe in that prosperity preaching. I believe in that humbleness. <laughs> the reason why we are who we are is because Jesus picked us yes. up and said, yes. you got to go one more time, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all put our burdens and our worries and faults, all those things at the cross. And he made something beautiful out of it. And um, I'm more than humbled and grateful for that because I certainly could have never done it and never could have pulled myself out of the pit or anything else without him. There's just no way. And as proud as I am of Tyler, I mean, it's a great accomplishment, the things that he's done. But the thing that makes me most proud of him is he truly, he, he walks by rooms and he will tell you this. I see my mom and dad sitting in there with a child in the hospital bed and not knowing all the answers. And many times they're praying or they're reading the Bible. And he said, I just can't walk by without feeling that thing in my stomach where I need to go in and say, Hey, is there anything I can do for you tonight? Is there anything that we, you need? And that makes me, I thought I'd be proud walking down the hallway with my son being the big MD, but that's not what makes me proud. The thing that makes me the proudest is that he walks through the hallway and says, can I serve you today? Can I help you? Can I pray for you? Is there anything you need? And um, he calls it the exceptional peace experience. And it really is because Jesus is involved. And if somebody doesn't want to hear it, that's okay. But he's always going to say it. And that makes me the proudest. Yeah, yeah. What a testimony. What a neat, neat uh ministry and coming alongside the parent families that way and uh yeah and i want to thank you for coming on the podcast today it's just been wonderful a blessing encouragement to hear your heart and thank you for your openness and just uh being willing to be vulnerable with us and uh our audience today so thank you so much for uh, chatting with us today well y'all are just precious and i love your story and hopefully one day i get to hug your neck oh we'll look forward to it we yeah. will yeah, I would love that too. I can't wait to hug your neck someday. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I will cook you dinner, guys. <laughs> hey, what a deal. We have that recorded. <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, sweetheart. Bye. 